The New Testament reading for this morning is taken from the book of Hebrews, beginning in the 11th chapter at the first verse. And this is what is written. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word, what we see created by what we don't see. By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going. By an act of faith, he lived in the country promised him, lived as a stranger camping in tents. Isaac and Jacob did the same, living under the same promise. Abraham did it by keeping his eye on an unseen city with real eternal foundations, the city designed and built by God. By faith, Baron Sarah was able to become pregnant, old woman as she was at the time, because she believed the one who made a promise would do what he said. And that's how it happened that from one man's dead and shriveled loins, there are now people numbering into the millions. Each one of these people of faith died not yet having in hand what was promised, but still believing. So how did they do it? They saw it way off in the distance, waved their greeting, and accepted the fact that they were transients in this world. People who live this way make it plain that they are looking for their true home. If they were homesick for the old country, they could have gone back any time they wanted. But they were after a far better country than that, heaven country. You can see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting for them. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O Lord, speak to us, for we listen. Grant us ears to hear, eyes to see, wills to obey, hearts to love. And then say what you will, reveal what you will, command what you will, demand what you will. O Lord, stay with us. Let no word cross our lips that is not your word. Give us grace. Abide in this place between our ears and in the center of our chest. Amen. It's one of the best stories that I know of faith. It goes like this. Far away in a lonely desert stands a water pump in the sand. You're a solitary traveler and your canteen is empty and you come upon that pump. And tied to it is a handwritten sign put there by some pilgrim. The sign reads, I buried a bottle of water in the sand to prime the pump. Don't drink any of it. Pour in half of it to wet the leather. Wait, then pour in the rest, then pump. The well has never gone dry, but the pump must be primed to bring the water up. Have faith and believe. And then when you are through drawing water, fill the bottle again and bury it in the sand for the next traveler. 
Now having come upon this pump in the desert with this sign and being out of water, what would you do? Do you dig the bottle from the sand and drink from it? Or will you believe and believing dare to pour the water, trust to pour the water into the pump, every last drop of it down into the trusty old pump? Because you trust, you take a risk, both for yourself and the next traveler who will pass that way. So you need to ask yourself this morning, what would you do? Now the lesson for this week found in the scripture reading for this morning is simply about faith. Because truth is, life is difficult for many of us. Nobody ever said it was easy. But today we are reminded once again that even though life can be tough, God is good. It has everything to do not just with what we believe to be true, but how then we act in light of what we hold to be true. Faith, you see, is really what we do. It's not what we say we will do. Faith is not something just to be talked about. It's something to be demonstrated by the way in which we live. Paul Harvey once said, If you do not live it, you do not really believe it. Good day. If you think about it, everyone daily expresses faith in something. When you awoke and went into the bathroom this morning, you flipped a light switch and you had faith that it would work. When you enter your car, you turn the key and you have faith that it'll start. Every time you walk into a building, you're expressing faith in the architect and the builders of that building. In each and every instance, there was an action involved. Your faith inspired you to do something. Your faith, your trust in God, allows you to indeed prime the pump rather than drinking the water. The writer of Hebrews defines faith as the ability to see the invisible in the visible, the eternal in the earthly. And then the list of by faiths that follows is the list of leaders like Abraham and Sarah who were able to do the best of things in the worst of times. You see, on earth, where we are strangers and foreigners, migrants, life is indeed tough, but God is good. We have a heavenly homeland or a city where Jesus' disciples really belong and toward which we journey. We live in a world of unfulfilled promises and realities, but God is good. We journey toward a future where God's design for all of creation will be fulfilled. The writers of Hebrews remind us of stories of the faithful. Those who ventured out and did something that help to realize more of God's kingdom. And when we read or we hear these stories, we want to know what really happened. We're inquisitive by nature and analytical by training. We're not at all at home in the environment of the miraculous. We want to know how these particular folks were so moved to leave their known homes and travel somewhere else. How do you leave when you have no idea where you're going? How is it that such very old people get pregnant? 
And how is it that their people now number among the many millions? And I think what we really want to know is, could I do that? Could I do that? And we think we can explain it all away. But I want to tell you, miracles still surround us each and every day. For example, here's one for you. How is it, do you suppose, that there is a black cow that eats green grass to give white milk that makes a kind of yellow butter? How does that work? Well, we say we don't know, but it doesn't really make any difference as long as we have milk and butter on the table. Jesus said, all things are possible. All things are possible for those who believe. Jesus didn't say all things are possible if we understand, but if we believe. You see, if we could understand, we wouldn't have to believe. Believing in God is a rather intellectual position, I think. It doesn't really have any more effect on your life than believing in Einstein's theory of relativity or the idea that someone other than Shakespeare really wrote all of those plays. But believing God is something else. It doesn't leave you cold like believing that the world is round when you see pictures taken from space. It does stir your blood, though, like believing that the world as it hangs in space is a miracle. It affects who you are and what you do with your life, like believing that somebody loves you or that the river is going to rise. There are times when people need solid answers, especially when they have doubts and find it hard to believe. People want answers that meet their needs and relieve the uneasy feeling that they don't know what to believe. And I really don't think that I can or should be the builder of someone else's beliefs. They have to come from some other place, and maybe not even just from the warm and comfortable environment that home and family can provide. You see, what we believe and value must come from within each of us after living and learning about the world and after coming to realize that certain things we came to believe when we were young make sense and other things just don't make sense. You know, Augustine said that each of us has an empty place in our hearts that is in the shape of God and that means that nothing or no one else can fill it. This empty space, it's not a square hole or anything as simple as that. But it's really a complex hungering, a God-shaped space where only God fits and only God can fill. And try as we might to fill that space with other human things, human relationships, careers, earthly success, a reconstruction of our past. Sooner or later, they will leave us unsatisfied. Because what we long for is something else and it's something more. If our longing was for the home we left, we could always return. But once we are claimed by the promise of a home in the presence of God, a return to the homes that we left behind is no longer enough. Even if we were to discover that nothing about our former homes have changed, we have changed. 
Now we are drawn not by a memory, but by a promise. And so our hearts are always marked by a certain kind of longing. If you don't remember anything else about this morning, please remember this. Life isn't easy, but God is good. And just maybe, just maybe, our longing for something more godlike marks the place in our hearts where God's promise has been etched in like an aching, a God-shaped space that is drawing us toward a final fulfillment of that promise, drawing us to a home where we have not yet been, a place of rest for our restless hearts. Home indeed, at last. Amen.